Amen. We serve a God who loves us always, right? We're going to continue in worship, but after after I explain, sorry, I'm going to preview here. Justin started our first series with um, the, the first things first, okay? We either start or restart a relationship with Christ. That's our foundation. Dennis continued the series last week with commit to connect with other people. And I'm not sure what this this message is, but I think it might have to do with exercise with this exercise ball up here. Um, so we're going to wait and see, right? But we're going to continue in worship right now. We're going to bring our praises and our worship and our hearts to God. We're not going to be distracted by other things or by situations or by schedules, but we're just going to worship him. Lord God, we worship you this morning, Father. We come before you today. Lord, our hearts are open to receive whatever you have for us because, Lord, our desire, Lord, is to live to glorify you and to be shaped by you and by your love. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Thanks for braving the snow and the cold uh, to be out here today, spend the morning with your family. Uh, My name is Dennis. It's great to see you today. As you walked in, you received a folder, and on the inside, there's the card. We'd appreciate it if you'd take that out, uh, put your name on it right now. We'll need that in a little bit toward the end. Uh, If it's your first time with us, put on as much information as you're comfortable putting on the card, and Uh, If you'll do that, uh, we would like to send you something during the week, just a a way of us being able to say thanks to you uh, for devoting your morning to us. So why does it hit me? They refer to her as she. I bookend boys. My oldest is Brian, my youngest is Nate. But in the middle, I got to have a girl. And everything changed. I'm telling you, it was the wildest thing. I was ready to go kill somebody if they wanted to touch my girl. I'd do anything to protect my girl. And I found them even at a point that she could ask me for anything. She's been wanting a teacup pig lately. I don't get it. I mean, they're cute on the Internet and all, but she's like, teacup pig. I'm like, oh, stop that voice. You can't do that to me. You know that works. I'll do anything for you when you break into that voice. And there are parts of the world that if a person finds out they're having a girl, they get rid of it. They end its life because it's a girl. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having an ultrasound and saying, Ugh, a girl. It's unconscionable. It's unconscionable what we do to life. This past week, I was, um, you have a flyer in your folder from Living Alternatives. It's the Pregnancy Resource Center in the area. And I was talking to the director there. Got a tour of their new facility. It's over on Uno Drive in in, uh, Joliet, if you're familiar with where that is, not too far from the high school, um, which is a great location for them. We're wandering through there, and she's... She's showing me just the, the great resources they have. And I'm, and I'm thinking that um, if my girl were ever in a spot that um, she didn't know what to do because she found herself having a child and she was confused about it, I'd want people around that would help her to know that there are choices. I'm pro-life. I'm not a political activist, but I'm active. 
I believe in helping people to make choices, good choices, choices for life. And, uh, and I, hope, I hope we'll all do the same. hope we'll recognize in this anniversary of 50,000 Americans being given the death sentence, I hope we'll realize that um, we need to make the right choice, but the Bible says we need to choose life. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for little girls. We just would not be the same without them. And I pray for little girls today who are at a point that they think they have no choice. It's not true. They have lots of choices. They have choices that will honor you. Choices that will bring a smile to your face. And I pray that in that moment of crisis, whether they're 15 or 50, I pray that in that moment of crisis, that there will be people around them, not that will lecture them and wag a finger at them and scream at them, but that will lovingly put an arm around them and say, we will help you to make good choices. We'll take this on with you. We care. We don't care just about the baby inside of you. We care about you, and we want what's best for you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, it wasn't long ago that January 1st was here, and you set out on a mission. You called it a resolution. You had a great resolution. I don't know what it involved. Fitness, maybe, eating the right stuff, reading the Bible, being nice, not driving and being mean. I don't, you had some resolution. And, and here's the thing. We're 22 days into this deal, and... Uh, you're already back to your favorite vegetable. You know, you're like, yeah, I miss my fries. I'm back to my stuff. I, I got to get back to my, my good old ways. You didn't do it intentionally. You just kind of eventually said, all right, it was not. You know what? There will be a January 1st next year. We'll do that all over again. Uh, part of the reason that we broke into this series we're calling first is because we recognize that there's, there's some momentum that comes with the new year. But boy, the momentum just kind of quickly trickles away. Before you know it, uh, the winter's here and you're, and you're back to your comfort food and, and back, to, back to your old habits. So we wanted to set out up front just what are, what are the priorities? What are the things that, that really matter? We, we talked about this fact that in a world of, of so many great choices, so many options, you've got to know which things to choose. You've got to know the top shelf items. I, I threw this on the screen last week, this, this wild, wild knife. And then, and then this week, Bob Coyne goes ahead and Facebooks and says, that thing actually exists. It's on Amazon. And so I went and peeked. $999. Folks, this is not a top shelf item. There are things you need more than this. But anyway, uh, we need to know, what are the choices that we're supposed to be making in life? And everything is really going back to this, this verse, this, this, this seminal teaching on the part of Jesus that says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he sets out the priority. He says, here's the top shelf. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything. Absolutely everything you need. There are certain things that we can't neglect. When we neglect them, they are to our own personal detriment. When we neglect them, they're to our churches, they're to our body's detriment. 
And so we want to make sure that we, we go after the first things. And Dana already reviewed some of them. First, where's your relationship with God? Whether it needed to be started, you need a relationship with God, or restarted, you've drifted, you've gone cold, and it's time to come back. We talked about caring beyond ourselves, making sure that, that it's not always just about me, that, that I don't put an I in front of everything that involves my life, but instead I'm looking out for and helping others. We talked about that commitment to connect, that you've got to have other people in your life that are supporting you and you're supporting them. We're in this together. And we're going to move on to our next topic today. And it's supported by this verse in John 15, verse 5. It says, yes, I am the vine. Jesus is talking. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. See the underlying part there. You will produce much fruit. And then this amazing verse on the uh, quote on the part of Jesus. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He doesn't say apart from me, you can do some things, but there are things you need me for. And he says, apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. He says that one of our firsts in our life, one of our, our priority issues is that we're supposed to be bearing fruit. As, as people who follow Christ, we're supposed to be uh, fruit bearers. Fruit production is a top shelf item. And here's the thing. If you're going to bear fruit, if that's going to happen in your life, you're going to have to fight to be fit. You're going to have to fight to be a fit person if you're going to bear the kind of fruit that Jesus is talking about. This past week, uh, I kind of got into it again. It's January. Hey, everybody, have you been to a health club in January? Funny how full they are compared to August. But anyway, went back and I decided I was going to get involved in a fitness class. I haven't been in a fitness class for over a year. They like to use these. I, I demonstrated this morning, but I think I'd wreck my mic. We did some crunches on the BOSU ball. We're, we're doing, you know, jumping jacks, and it's kind of hilarious. Maura Kenny, who goes to our church, she was the one leading the class, and she knows that I'm about the most uncoordinated person in the room. So I think when I show up, she purposely comes up with stuff just to laugh. And I'm serious. She'd announce something, and then she'd look straight over to me. I'm like, thanks a lot, lady. So I'm going through this, and, you know, first, like, set, I'm, I'm going strong, and second set, I'm going... Okay, and the third set I'm saying, uh, I'm in the wrong class. This is where I belong. I should have gone to the other group because, wow, in no time at all, um, it's really, really hard to follow through in one of those classes. In fact, uh, I've returned to my pre-2009 form. Back to couch potato land and, and, you know, getting moving again, it's tough, especially when you've been to a good place and then you slide from that place. You know what it takes to get back to the good place. And here I am going through these things and I'm looking at other people in the room. I'm saying, I used to be able to keep up with this. I used to be able to keep up with this breathlessly. I used to be able to do what they're doing right now. So if you, like me, are in couch potato state, and you were to ask Mora or Bob Coyne, Roger Swank, you were to ask Jason Aubrey, you were to ask Jack Russman, uh, what's the secret to being fit? What's the latest? Tell me, what's the magic? What's, what's the thing I can do to get in shape? Uh, I hate to say it, they're, they're all going to come down to the same basic thing. 
They're going to say it a certain way, their way, but they're going to say the same basic thing. Eat more good stuff, eat less bad stuff, and move. Eat more good stuff, eat less bad stuff, and move. And I know you and I, we're all the same. We're like, but there's got to be a pill. There's got to be something that keeps me from having to do this. I don't want to. I hate jumping jacks. I don't want to do that stuff. I don't like being sweaty. I don't want to do that. What can I do that's different? And they just, they keep looking at me and saying the same old thing. Eat more good stuff. Eat less bad stuff. And move. That's what it takes. So, if you're going to bear fruit, you've got to be fit. Although we're talking about the other kind of fit today. We're talking about spiritual fitness. If you're going to bear fruit, you've got to be spiritually fit. And I know what's happening because some of you are thinking, what's the magic trick? How do I get there? What's it going to take? And you know what you're going to hear from Dennis? The same thing you'll hear from pastors and mentors and coaches and people that are spiritually just a little bit ahead of you all over the country. Eat more good stuff. Eat less bad stuff. And get moving. That's what it takes. If you're going to be, if you're going to be spiritually fit, it's about what you're taking in. It's about your diet. And it's about your spiritual exercise. That's the bottom line of it all. And you're going, man, I was hoping for something else. I don't know. Somebody else will be willing to sell you a magic spiritual pill. But here's the thing. It's not going to work. It all comes down to your spiritual diet and your exercise. In the book of Hebrews, the writer, we don't know who, who this person is that wrote this book, this letter. But um, here's what they said to the people that they were talking to. Get about five chapters into the book, and he says, there, there's so much more that we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. I don't know about you. I don't see Joel Osteen saying that to his congregation this morning. Hey, you're spiritually dull, and you don't listen. Now that'll draw a crowd, won't it? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't happen. But that's what he's saying to these people, and they're kind of going, What? we're nice, we're Christians. You're calling us spiritually dull, we don't listen? He says, you've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others, but instead you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. There is some baby food I like. The bananas are good. Don't give me any of the vegetables and the jars of meat. I can't believe we do that to children. Um, Spiritual babies, because of their diet. Because you keep going in the verse, here's what the writer says. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. I love the correlation between what they're learning and what they're doing. He says, those, he doesn't say those who are on milk don't know much. He says those who are on milk can't do much. They can't do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. It's about diet. It's about what we take in. Are we, are we loving the milk? Are we loving the baby food? Are we diving into some deeper stuff? What are we doing there? It's about our diet. And, and further in the Bible says it's about exercise. First Timothy chapter 4 
Uh, the last half of verse 7 says, instead, train yourselves to be godly. And then he says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, interestingly, he's talking about spiritual training. He's talking about exercising. The writer of Hebrews was talking about intake, but he used the word training too. It's the exact same word. Both of them come from this word. And every once in a while you hear a Greek word, you hear a foreign word, and you can hear the English word in the foreign word. Now, the Greek word is gymnasia. There's a gymnasia right next to this room. If we were open the doors, there it is. It's a, it's a feminine noun, and we even give you the phonetic spelling there, and it talks basically about physical exercise. It, this is amazing that the writers used the term that was used for a physical exercise to say that's what you need to be doing if you want to grow spiritually. If you want to bear fruit, you have to fight to be fit. And I say fight because all of us know if you're trying to get physically fit, you have to fight to be fit. You have to fight what's in your fridge. You have to fight what your spouse brings home. You have to fight to get to the gym. You have to fight to do it. You have to fight to be spiritually fit, taking in the right stuff, exercising the right way. So the question really for you today is, have you been growing? Have you been growing? Can you look at your spiritual health and say, I'm doing better than I was? Now, now here's what I've found. Like measuring our kids as they've grown, we have a door, and one strip on the door has all the marks as the kids have, have gone up past mom, past dad, and well, Shelly didn't. But anyway, passing, passing the parents and going on, going on their way. Uh, we didn't measure them daily. All we would have had was one big black mark going all the way up. You wouldn't be able to see any difference. We measured every once in a while. In fact, it wasn't anything systematic about it except to say every once in a while, you'd look at them and say, you look taller. Let's see. And we'd, we'd bump them up there. So I wonder for you, have you taken the time recently to measure your spiritual growth? Have you taken the time to ask yourself the question, have I grown at all? I really think that one of the best ways to do this is to do it annually, to think back to January of 2011 and ask yourself, where were you in some key areas? How are you doing in Bible intake? Were you doing anything then? Are you doing more now? Were you doing more then and less now? How are you doing in some of the attitude areas? How's your anger doing? Was it flaring then and now you've cooled down? Was it down then and now you're a volcano? They're calling you Vesuvius at work. You know, where are you? You start to measure. You start to see how it's going. If you were to, to measure, track your spiritual growth, most of us would like our spiritual growth to look something like that. We started bad, we ended good, and straight to the top. You know, boom, there we went. Our spiritual growth probably looks something more like this. We have times we're doing great. We have times we look back a year and we say, oh my word, I've fallen. We have times that we plateau. But hopefully what you're able to do is look from point to point and see that the line is going forward. See that you are moving up and to the right. That's what we want to see. Have you digressed? Have you plateaued? Where are you? Another word we might use, have you drifted? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. 
It said in 2009, I was in great shape. And I started to drift in August of 2009. I know exactly when it happened. It was an ice cream shop in Petoskey, Michigan. Some of you know it well. And I looked, and my family was getting this, and I thought, what can it hurt? And it's like the first time sugar had touched my lips in six months. And I went, oh, this is good. (laughs) And you know what? I left the store, and my stomach still was tight, and my weight was still good. And I thought, maybe another won't hurt. And I didn't know. And it didn't affect me. I had several on that trip. And it didn't affect me then. But what began at that moment was a drift. A drift. The same happens to us spiritually. We begin a drift. We don't one day wake up and go, I don't love God anymore. We begin a drift. We think, I'm spiritually doing okay. I can live without some Bible reading right now. I'm doing spiritually okay. I'll start to pepper my language with some junk again. I'm doing spiritual okay. And we just, we start a drift. We start to do little compromises. And the little compromises lead to a lack of spiritual fitness. Why is it that we don't grow? What's going on? Well, like I said, we don't take in enough of the good stuff. We don't have a plan spiritually for taking in enough of the good stuff. Further, we take in too much junk. We, we, we like to feed on the stuff that isn't great for our souls. I want to show you a little clip. I told you about it last week. It's these kids quoting John 3.16. I am driving up the hits on this video, man. I mean, this, every time I see it, last night I watched it just for practice. I couldn't stop it. I'm like, I can't stop the Bible halfway through, and this is so good. Watch this. This is great. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. The whole world. Everyone. Anyone. That's a lot of people. That he gave his one and only son. His only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish. But have eternal life. Ah, that thing, man, it gets me. These kids, they're amazing. They've been so well coached, and they say it with such passion. I don't know if you've been watching any of the history of this thing. This was played uh, during a football game, Saturday football game, Denver, when they got crushed, I believe it was that day. But anyway, it was played, and it's been like a raging controversy. How dare they play a verse during a football game? There are people on you know, conservative news stations saying things like, Religion belongs in the home. It doesn't belong in the public airwaves. Now, you know what doesn't belong in the public airwaves? Me having to sit and watch some lady in her underwear smear herself with hand cream. That's what, I sh- That's what belongs in the home. That's what belongs in the home. It, we're all messed up. We are so messed up. You know what's messed up about this? <laughs> this is the YouTube page. I love this kid. The whole world. 3,935 likes, 6,947 dislikes. People dislike John 3.16. Are you kidding me? Really? Really? This is where we are. You know what we do as Christians? Of course, we, we feel saying, well, of course we love Bible verses. That's great. But we allow the other junk food to slip in all the time. We don't have a plan for when that lady is sitting on her underwear on television to say, I can't put that into my head because we're mature. We can handle it. No, you can't. Bible says you put hot coals in your lap. You know what happens? You get burned. You get burned. We don't believe that anymore. 
We believe we can juggle coals. We believe we can do all that and still be pure people, still think biblically. We can't. Our minds get polluted, and before you know it, we start thinking the way the people who hit the dislike button think. We take in too much junk. Further, we get unplugged. We get unplugged. We're not plugged in. What did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, you can do some nice things, but for the big things, you need Jesus. Apart from me, you can do nothing, he said. Further, we don't have a focused training program. Love these two guys. Look at the arm on that one guy. And then there's the other guy's poor arm. But you know what he did? He went to someone. I don't go to the guy with the flabby arm and say, would you show me how to get a great arm? He goes to the guy with the great arm and says, help me get there. You may have an area that you need to do some focused growth. You know what you do? You find someone who's there and say, help me get there. Help me to grow to where you are. And the other thing we're doing, the thing that keeps us from growing, we're trying to do it alone. We're trying to grow, but we're trying to grow alone. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this verse is used a lot of times for physical fitness. It says, you don't realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for you were bought with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. I mean, what is happening in the context there is Paul is saying, when you fill your body with bad stuff, when you use your body for bad stuff, you're taking the temple of God to bad places and doing bad things with the temple of God because you personally are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not a building. You are the building in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Interestingly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he uses pretty much the same language. But he says, can, you, can there be union between God's temple and idols? And the answer is no. The assumed answer is no. For we are the temple of the living God. Now what you don't see there, it's kind of subtle, is that the first verse was talking about you as an individual being a temple of God. This verse is referring to us plurally as being the temple of God. So he says, not only are you an individual dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, but as a body, as a body of Christ, as a church, we're a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit as well. So here's how this applies to us. If you grow, we grow. Isn't that cool? If you're personally growing, we're growing as a church. Uh, The converse is true as well. If you're not growing, we're not growing. If you're plateaued, we're plateaued. If you're sliding, we're sliding. Because this this Christian life isn't just a Jesus and me thing. It's an us thing. So whatever's happening to you is happening to us. It's happening to all of us together. We need to get fit. And as you get fit, we'll get fit. So what do we do? What are the commitments? Well... The first one, how do you get there? You're going to have to get to your Bible. You're going to have to start some way of getting to the Bible into your life. The way we like to say it is you're going to have to grab a fork. You have to learn how to feed yourself. Not just Dennis or Justin pulling out their Bible spoon on Sunday morning and saying, here you, ooh, airplane, ooh, ding. But every once in a while, you got to grab the fork and you got to get it out and you got to dig in there. And you say, but there are verses I don't understand. There are verses Justin doesn't understand either. But he reads the Bible. Yeah, there are verses that Dennis doesn't understand. But he reads it. Because there are lots that I do understand and there's some that I will understand eventually. You got to have a way of reading the Bible. 
And here's what I encourage you. Don't start in Leviticus. All right? Just don't. Don't even. Don't even. Start somewhere that, that'll, that'll get your attention. Maybe if you've not read the Bible at all, start with Proverbs. Proverbs are numbered 1 to 31. Read the one that correlates with the day, the chapter that correlates with the day. Today is uh, the 22nd. Read Proverbs 22. Let the Bible soak in. You say, well, I read it and I don't get anything out of it. Do you say that about food? I ate, I ate supper. I didn't get anything out of it. I'm not eating supper anymore. You are the accumulation of your meals. Look at you. We are the accumulation of what we take in spiritually. What we eat. So you need a plan for eating. I like to use the one-year Bible. It gives an Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalm, and a Proverbs passage. So I have some variety. You need some form of intake. There's online stuff. There are people around here that have, that have great tools to help you. You've got to have some spiritual intake. The second, we're going to call this resistance training. You need to know what to say no to. There are some things in your life that you're looking at, that you're participating in, that are detrimental to your spiritual health. And you keep saying, well, but it's not a big deal. I'll just pray and ask Jesus, forgive me, and everything will be all right. The long-term effect is devastating. You need some resistance training. You need to know when to say no and resist it wholeheartedly. Third, the plug-in. you just got to walk with God. What, I'm going to tell you what, I'd be the most spiritual person in the universe if I could live right there. Long walks with God. Plugging in, talking to him, talking to the trainer, being connected to God. Got to have a way of connecting with him. Further, I want to encourage you to get into boot camp. Focus on training for a purpose. What's one area of your life that you'd like to grow right now? If I were to ask those people earlier about, that I said about physical training... If they were to say, where would you like to grow? I would dare say that they'd say 90% of people say, I want to work on my abs. On my abs. It's like, you know, like we walk around all day. <laughs> look at me. Look at my abs. Look at my abs. And we all want to work on our abs until we find out we have to do this. And then we're like, how about my biceps? But anyway, what's the area you need to focus? What, what area? Maybe your anger. Maybe your language. Maybe self-control. Maybe compassion and kindness. What's the area that you're saying, I'm not doing well here, and I'd like to see it grow. Because if I grow that area, everything will start to grow. And the final one, never run alone. Stop running alone. We're in the season of signing up for groups. Get in a group. Get in a group. Find someone that is good in the area you want to be good in. When I am looking for physical training, I look to physical trainers. I don't look to the people that I hang out with at Dunkin' Donuts. They're not helpful. I look to the person who's there. Are there some people who are there? And you say, can you help me? It's okay to say I need help. You got to fight. You got to fight to be fit. You don't get fit by laying on the couch. And you don't get spiritually fit by just waiting for it to happen. You got to eat the right stuff. And you got to get moving. So on your card, on the back side, sometimes we print the card earlier than the points come across. And so I'm kind of bummed because I had better points after the card was done. But anyway, you know what they mean. The first one says, I'll increase my Bible intake. Maybe it's time to say, I'm just, I'm going to start the program. Or in other words, I'm going to grab the fork. I'm going to dig in. The second one is, has to do with resistance training. I'm going to take, le- take in less spiritual junk food. 
I'm going to start paying attention to what's going into my head. And I'm going to start saying no to ungodly habits, as the Bible says. The third one, um, I'm going to talk to the trainer more often. Or in other words, I'm going to plug in. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to talk to him. The fourth one, I'll, I'll work, I will focus on one area of spiritual training. Or in other words, you're going to have that focused training for a purpose. You're going to say, I know right now what I need to work on, and I'm jumping on it. And the final one, that's not on there, but you can write it. I'm going to find a fitness partner. I'm going to join a group, or I'm going to find somebody that I believe is a little further than I am, and I'm going to get growing. You know what may happen? You may say to that person, hey, I think you're a little further than I am. I need some help. They say, I don't have a clue. Well, then don't have a clue together and get growing. Start working on it. Start pressing each other to grow. But again, I just have to say it. We will only grow if you grow. We will only be fit if you're fit. We're a collection of the pieces. And if the pieces aren't fit, the group can't be fit. And the Bible says he wants us to bear fruit. It's a top priority as individuals and as a church. Christ wants us to be fruit bearers. Let's pray together. Now, Father, way too many times in our lives, we have talked about fitness. Physically, way too many times we've said, I'm going to start the diet tomorrow. Way too many times we've, we've joined a gym, and we own a gym membership, but we don't know what in the world the inside of it looks like. And way too many times we've said, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to grow. Let today be different. Let today not just be a resolution. Let there be some real resolve. Let there be a realization that an individual's lack of fitness leads to a group's lack of fitness. And we want to be a fit group. We want to be a fruit-bearing group. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can conquer the world for your sake. That's what we long for, Jesus. Amen. Servers are going to come. They're going to distribute communion to us. Uh, they'll come in a moment. And as they do, um, I'd like you to just get your mind on that, on that piece. What's the one thing? What's the one thing you're walking away with today? And make the verbal commitment to Jesus right now. Jesus, this is it. I'm pursuing this. I'm pursuing it passionately because I know you want me to be a fruit bearer. They're coming now. Lord, we thank you for this love. Lord, we are amazed by it. Although we can't understand how deep and how wide and how great it is for us, we are amazed by you and by your love. We thank you so much for it, God. Allow us to never, ever forget it. In your name we pray. Amen. Options you have this semester. Uh, for a journey group, some only last a day, some last 48 weeks, some last 10 to 12 weeks. This particular one, uh, this afternoon, you can go see a promo of, of what's involved in the, in the uh, material. I promise you, if you're going to do this, you will see results if you work it. It's kind of like that ball. If you work it, you're going to see results. If you work that program, you'll see results. So Jeffrey Carey, Christoph, Bob Coyne can help you with that. That, that promo will be at, at noon today at the warehouse. Uh, they'll have snacks, and you're even allowed to bring your kids. So.
Come on over to that. Learn what that group is like. All kinds of other group opportunities being offered as well. We'll have a little bit more about some of the details this next week. One of the things we'll try to do for you throughout this week, based on this morning, is each day, Monday through Friday, we'll focus on one of the areas we focused on today and try to send you resources regarding um, the, the particular thing we talked about. So like the first one was Bible intake. We'll send you in the email as well as on the blog some Bible resources, Bible intake resources. So if you were really hooked into what was going on this morning, check the blog, check your email during the week to get those resources and get yourself growing. The final thing we want you to know about is in, we're about uh, eight days away from our annual meeting. It's the time that we get to gather together to talk about how things are going to the church to approve a budget. We'll hold that again at the warehouse, be able to have it at our own place. We're going to have dinner that night, um, soup and chili. In fact, if you like doing soup or chili, if that's your thing, uh, see Kim this morning, my wife. She'd be glad to get you hooked up with what we're going to have. In fact, if you see Kim, tomorrow's her birthday. Kim doesn't have Facebook, so you got to do it face-to-face because she doesn't believe in that stuff. you know. So you got to do face-to-face. This is the best three months of my life. For three months, I'm married to an older woman. And then everything evens out in April. But anyway, so here we go. We're going to have fun. Uh, we're not going to sing happy birthday. I would end up dead. Let's stand. Say hi to each other. You have a great day.